0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash (laughs) w-t-f
1: all
0: right folks let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucksters what the fuck nicks what's happening I'm Mark Marin. this is WTF my podcast thank you for tuning in if you're new here welcome if you're just hanging around, nice to see you again, wherever you are. If you're digging snow, I hope I'm helping out. Maybe perhaps, hopefully by the time that you hear this, uh, maybe you'll have that all done or maybe some of it's melted away. But if I can be any assistance, uh, if you're sitting at home alone, perhaps by by candlelight because you have to, uh, I, I hope that I am a comforting force in your life. I hope I'm I'm distracting you. It's one of the things I I actually miss it. I know it's probably hard for you to hear this, but I sort of miss that about the East Coast, that that day where you wake up and there's this calm, there's this peace, there's this quiet, there's there's no way to, to get your car out, and there's just no way to see... How it's ever going to thaw, and then you realize, like, well, this is all pretty right now, but pretty soon it's just going to turn into gross, gray, icy mud, crusty garbage—just things fro- like the days of of thawing are are really kind of um, they're relieving, but but quite disgusting on the road. But anyways, uh, I hope you uh, you're okay and you made it through it. You know who I'm talking to. So what what's going on? Let's let's start. I I will tell you this right now, right out of the gate, Michael Moore is uh, my guest today this conversation was recorded in november and we held it until we were uh, closer to the release of uh, michael's new documentary where to invade next so i guess what i'm saying very plainly is you will not hear us talk about the current water crisis in flint michigan uh the true horror of that situation had not uh had not come to light at the time we, we recorded this conversation, and as you know, I'm sure Michael has plenty to say uh, if he hasn't already about that. But uh, this was done a little while back, but it's a good talk. Also, I want to mention uh, here because uh, you know a lot of you didn't buy my book. That's fine. I mean, how much of me can you take? But but I, I want to mention that the ebook of Attempting Normal is on sale for a limited time for a buck ninety-nine. Everywhere ebooks are sold. So there's that. We got to talk about some shit. All right. Let me figure it out. Let me figure out how to talk about it. Now, the first time that, that I met, that I really sort of met or, or knew about uh, Amy Schumer was probably 2011. And the situation was 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 pretty it, it was it was amazing because because I, I didn't know her I did not know her comedy I was doing a live WTF at the now defunct comics comedy club uh, in New York and we had broken up that night there was it was a two there were two shows we had the we had the nerd show and then we had the dirt show this was my concept so the second show was just going to be filthy comics and on that show uh, I had booked Joe De Rosa. Kurt Metzger, Anthony Jeselnik, uh, Robert Kelly, Dave Attell was closing, and that yeah, you know, that is just a an avalanche of honest, raw filth, uh, uh, you know, just beautiful, expressive, dirty dudes. And at that time, Amy was uh, dating Anthony Jeselnik, and uh, she was backstage. And I said to my producer, I'm, "I'm like, you know, we you know she we should put her on." I mean, if she wants to go on at the end of this thing. Yeah, but part of me was like, you know, she and she immediately said, yeah, I'll, I'll go. on." I said, you want to go on? Yeah, I'll go on. And and this was and, and I was going to use her to close with. And that that is a murderer's row there, buddy. Who's, who's saying is that? I see that around a lot, but it doesn't matter. And, you know, DeRosa, Metzger, Jeselnik, Kelly, Attell. And Amy said she would close. And I was astounded You know, because there was part of me. I didn't know who she was. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, can this chick handle this thing, you know, and and, uh, you know, and I, I brought her out and uh, she just fucking killed. And it was amazing. And and that was 2011. You know, she's a real fucking deal. She's a real fucking comic. No question. And then after the show, you know, I'd been given a little bit of a money to pay like 50 bucks, you know, to people, to the comics, you know, from comics. And, uh, you know, we had, my producer Brendan and I were, you know, he was giving out the money and we went to give Attell his 50 and he said, you know what, give it to Amy. All right, so that, obviously a a kind gesture on on behalf of Attell and, you know, a respectful gesture, but but the point being, Amy Schumer is a, a real fucking comic. So, here's the thing, all this fucking, this, this, onslaught of accusations this momentum this fucking mob attack on amy schumer it's fucking ridiculous it's just fucking ridiculous so where does it come from you know what you know what is is it what is it really about what is the real pattern here right what is it what is the real pattern three examples on a video of, I don't even, here's here's why I'm talking about this. Not because it's my responsibility. I am a comedian and it, it does rile me, obviously, but I was dragged into it a bit because um a few months ago on the episode with Aaron Draplin, episode 649, you know, I had watched Amy's special and she did a bit and uh, it was about, uh you know, about people coming, about everyone coming. Now, this is not again. If you work dirty, you know, talking about come is going to be part of your repertoire. <laughs> I mean, fucking Lenny did it, right? Did you come good? Did you come? Did you come good? I didn't steal that. I'm, I'm, I'm citing. Her. I watched her bit and I was like, oh fuck, that's a lot like my bit. It's almost like the female side of my bit. Now, my immediate thought, and I'm just repeating myself because this, the episode that I did it on, six forty nine Aaron Draplin, was was taken out of context, edited. The conversation I had was edited by some fucking monkey to 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 sound like I accused Amy of stealing. And then yeah, Opie and Jim got duped by a troll. They played it on the air. I didn't think that Amy stole my bit. I was mad that we had a similar bit. That was it. There was no way either of us could have taken each other's bit. She lives in a different city. We don't work together. We're both headliners. I knew all this. I found out that we taped those specials a week apart. There was no way. But we don't live in the same world, really. We don't see each other. Now we both have a similar bit. So what? So what, there's no stealing? Everybody does come. The point is that some fucking monkey, to serve an agenda, edited my words to support his agenda. His agenda to accuse Amy of stealing. Now, there's a difference between, you know, justice and fucking annihilation attack. It's a difference. Now, I know some female comics, Wendy Liebman, Kathleen Madigan, Tammy Pescatelli, you know, got mad at her and, and, and tweeted things and whatever. And they eventually, you know, I think all of them recanted or apologized because it's fucking ridiculous that but that gave a foundation to what's happening now. And what is happening now? Is it about justice? Who's really attacking Amy Schumer? I watch those fucking videos. Yeah, I'm a comic. If you're a comic and this meme has driven into your skull and you're actually sitting there going, I I think she did it, then you're a fucking amateur or you're bitter or you don't like her. The tabloid media, I mean, they're complicit out of desperation and you can't expect them to have a moral compass. So they support the fucking meme. The video goes out. Where does it come from? Who are those fucking people, right? So I watch your video, the first joke, the Wendy Liebman joke, whatever. It's a one-liner. Who gives a fuck? I mean, if someone's really hanging on to a 20-year-old one-liner as being this essential part of her fucking uh, oeuvre, that's crazy. One-liners are disposable. They're disposable. Uh, nightly, writers who write monologues for fucking TV shows, they throw away 51-liners a day. A genius like Dave Attell has thrown away more one-liners than, than most of us have ever written. Attell is hilarious. It, it becomes impossible to sort of vet this stuff, is, is, is my point. As a comic, that one-liner about, you know, I like when men pay, whatever. Anyone could have written that. Any woman could have written that. Any comic could have written that. That's just the truth of it. If you're right, you're right, you're right. The the uh, you know your point of view. You write to your point of view. She's a woman. They're women, and that's you know they, it's it was easy. This not theft. This is just a matter of time. It's just a one-liner. It means nothing. It does not define Amy. Doesn't define Wendy. They, you know it has nothing. That you know, if that joke didn't exist with either of them, who cares? They're still who they are. They're entertainers or comics. Not theft. The second bit. The Kathleen Madigan bit. A similar idea became a sketch on Amy's show. Shows are written by committee. There's a group of writers in the room. Someone come up with an idea. That was the idea. Even, I i, I guarantee you, even if somebody said, yeah, I think I heard a similar joke about this, but it wasn't the same thing. It was about Oprah Winfrey paying somebody. Even if that came up, I don't know whose joke it was, there was a real good chance that they would like, it's different. You know why? Because it is different. It's a sketch. It was executed. It was a piece of film. It was it was orchestrated, composed sketch with many beats. That idea is not owned for fuck's sake. Not theft. It's just stupid. The Pescatelli thing I don't I don't even know what that what was that about? Women with thin eyebrows. Well, who, yeah, shit, I was who what? Just making that joke in junior high school. It's just they're, they're not they're not anything. They're not None of them are, are, are mystifying original observations, really. They're just not. Amy Schumer's a comedian. You can't, it becomes impossible to vet mundane material based on observations. It becomes very difficult. There are thousands of fucking comics churning out jokes every fucking day everywhere the people that i've spoken to the people that i've met in this business that have been accused of joke theft i truly believe that most of them have no idea that they're stealing them the amount that doesn't that's not an apology for the ones that have have certainly been guilty of of stealing swaths of material but in terms of of one-liners or or little ideas like that I mean, it's are you fucking kidding me? Comedians absorb what's coming in and they process it. We've all been in the rooms of stand up comedy clubs for most of our lives, hours and hours. And now the, the thing is, is in order to vet a joke against the history of recorded comedy on album or, or on television, it's fucking impossible. And this is not an apologist position. This is just a reality. All you can do is like, oh, that, that sounds a little familiar. Maybe I had to you know, hold off on that. It just becomes impossible to vet everything, especially little ideas. I mean, Attell used to drive, Attell's hilarious. Attell is like one of the most prolific joke writers in the world. And there are a few of us, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day, I mean, I think I've talked about this here before once or twice a year, maybe you'll get a call from Mattel and he'd be like, uh, Hey, do you do a bit about jerking off in the Bible? I'm like, no. He's like, Oh, I thought of all right. Yeah. I mean, it, it you know, what are you, what are you going to do? You come up with an idea. You know, I got and he, that's an original idea. Jerking off in the Bible is pretty specific and I'm flattered that he thought maybe that I might have done a bit about jerking off in the Bible. But if you come up with a thing, an observational thing or a, a bit about, you know, something that we all experience, how are you going to vet that? It's not even that attack. It's, it's just we all share the same reality. And if you're a comic and you're thinking funny, the possibilities of, of a lot of people doing similar jokes around things that we all fucking do or things that are sort of our point of view related is is high. Have you watched fucking network sitcoms? Do you watch the monologues that happen every fucking night on on nightly talk shows? Where where's the where's the outrage about the re- repetition of current event jokes or the repetition of sitcom plots? I mean, come on. This is fucking comedy for fuck's sake. So, what is the pattern what is the real pattern it's certainly not a pattern of amy stealing jokes that it doesn't exist so what is it well i'll tell you i had a thing on this on my website on wtfpod.com and um there used to be a comment board just an open comment board now this is this is true shit. You know, and sometimes, you know, I get, you, you know, people say I don't have enough women on the show, but I, I, I have as many women as I can get. The point is I had an open comment section that I had to shut down. Now, in, it's changed now. Now you have to, if you want to comment on WTFpod.com, you have to, you know, go through Facebook. So you have to identify yourself. It's a little, it's a little harder to be anonymous when you have to post through Facebook. But before we did that, without fucking fail, If we had a woman guest, doesn't matter who it was or what she did. If there was a woman guest on this show, the comment section would blow up with fucking douchebags attacking that woman with just fucking garbage, slander, violence, just nasty shit, just a fucking string of anonymous fucking monsters slinging garbage at any woman guest so what is that about that's that that's that that was the pattern you know what i mean so then you start looking at this attack you know this 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 fight for justice this, this sort of righteous idea that you're you're gonna police comedy and call out joke thieves so that means that there's there's some fucking dude and they're all dudes look at it they're all fucking dudes champion this thing so where's all this outrage coming from look at it look at it poke around a little bit they're all dudes they're all fucking dudes and they're all saying the same fucking thing it's got nothing to do with justice this is about fucking annihilating a woman annihilating a comedian but it's about annihilation It's got nothing to do. Here's what happens is that they find this portal. It it happened with the Gamergate thing, too. But they find this portal. You know, Amy, Amy was vulnerable. So they exploited that vulnerability by trying to make a case and putting a lot of work into it, into this case, to the point where they manipulated some of my words to suit their agenda and get that through to try to make that meme happen. So they push and they push and they push. So now this fucking video is out there. Now this meme is out there. So now the portal is open. So who the fuck are these people? It's my belief that what what's really happening is that there is this, Mob momentum. There is this consensus built. These guys, they have leaders. They know who their leaders are. They all share the same ideology. They have leaders because they're too weak not to have leaders. And they all think the same. What is happening with Amy has nothing to do with justice. It has nothing to do with comedy. What's happening is that this is the real pattern. Is that she, through the internet and through video, is is literally being verbally career raped by an army of unfuckable hate nerds. They play video games all day, then they watch MMA and then they spend the evening jerking off to deep throat gag porn and then they wake up and they put a few hours in to shaming Amy, to verbally fucking abusing Amy. You read the comments. This is not about justice. This is about hate. Now look, you know, I yeah, I'm no fucking you know, saint. You know, all fucking dudes you know, have their sexist moments. All of us. Some of us are teachable. We all have our sexist moments. And hopefully we evolve out of that. But misogyny requires commitment. And it requires, in this case, a mob mentality of like-minded people. So this isn't about justice. Not in this case. This is about, it's about hate. It's about anger. It's about complete fucking woman bashing and it's about this contingent of culture a lot of them if you go look at their Twitter feeds a lot of them are Trump supporters because they like an authoritarian leader because they service their hate and their fucking horrible fear and insecurity in terms of you know Amy's just a fucking comic she's an entertainer and she's the real deal whether you like her jokes or not she's a real comic but she's a woman and these fuckers are trying to destroy her these are specific people but this momentum culturally is insanely dangerous because what it does to creative people or to people that are trying to put themselves out there or to people that are are trying to do new things and open up the minds and do that kind of stuff is that we become fucking self-censoring and paranoid and crazy and it becomes, sometimes it's sort of like, is it worth it? So if you're just an average dude, and this is this spreads throughout the culture, you know, where people are very quick to know-it-all it, you know, like you can't write a sentence without somebody going like, oh, somebody said it, you know, so-and-so said the same thing. So it's a similar thing. So, you know, this need to one-up, this need to, to call, you know, foul, to call theft or whatever, all it's going to do eventually is completely stifle creativity. Now, obviously, plagiarism is bad when it exists, when it happens. Obviously, people profiting over other people's, you know, work, it's horrible. It it denies people a living. But mostly, most of the time, it's just about stifling voices, shutting people down. And if these guys, the momentum that exists, the narrow-minded, hateful, frightened momentum of socially, emotionally, and psychologically, and morally compromised individuals... Wins, then it's fucking over. There's no progress. There's no creativity. There's no sort of moral compass. It's a fucking cultural malignancy. But the bottom line is it's like, hey, either you think Amy's funny or you don't, but this is whatever's going on right now is not about justice or joke theft or anything other than a fucking army of unfuckable hate nerds panicking because they feel like what they represent in the world is diminishing and they can't adapt to progress (sighs) like i said you know like even even with my guest today you know michael Moore, like i i I tweeted that i had him on and immediately people were like no no fuck i'm gonna pass pass it's very odd. You know, even as a as a, a liberal person, you know, Michael can be a little much. But the bottom line is, is that there's a, a pursuit of truth. That is what he represents. He doesn't represent the left or the right. Or, it, it has nothing to do with that. At some point, either you want to make the reality what you think it should be, or you pursue the truth of what's happening. And if you support, the garbage or untruth or or systemic, fucking, problems, because it, you know, it fits your line of hate. Then fine, is you know you're 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 free to have your opinion. But what Michael Moore really is as a as a documentarian, which is what he does, is somebody who was it was fighting for, and looking for the truth, and fighting for you know people to be able to earn a living. The, properly to live in a safe place to have proper health coverage to to have a you know an, an America that you know that works for everybody that, that that well you know look I had this conversation again this was before um, the Flint water horror so we didn't get into that you know we didn't get into a lot of stuff but yeah I talked to him about you know who he is and, and about this new movie which I liked a lot the new movie, it's called uh, Where to Invade Next. It's a very different approach to documentary than he's done before. It's a very clever conceit in terms of structure, and, and it was very powerful. So uh, let's go now to my conversation with Michael Moore. what have you been doing i mean what have you been doing all day (laughs) michael moore in hollywood what are you what are you doing i mean you're Uh, running
1: around yeah yeah i've been running around ongoing um, narrative selling that movie no the movie sold it's, no but you know um, what i mean getting people oh, oh to get people to watch it yeah oh, they're gonna come anyways aren't they yeah of course i don't need to do any of that of course right? people
0: come because they love you and because they hate you
1: both you're one of these rare people yeah i they're, don't yeah the, the, the haters have seemed to have died off or something i don't know where they went but well i, uh, I think they've got their own problems michael i think <laughs> they're focused on themselves
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're all hating each other just
1: uh, imploding well, yeah. I uh well God bless them.
0: What have you done out here? What have you been doing?
1: Uh well last night I came out here and there was a screening of my new movie for uh
0: Where to invade next. I
1: watched a screening I had a small screening right here in the garage. Oh well, you did.
0: Yeah, for oh, just good. myself. For just you. Yeah. It was oh. good. I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. I I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin anything, but you seem to be softening a bit. You oh. seem to it seems like your heart is,
1: is getting uh, more open and, and you're a little forgiving. That's actually just the subversive part of this. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> I'm actually more angry. Is that true? And more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to. I think the uh, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing method uh, might be a little bit better here. That was deliberate. Yeah 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 it was totally i'm so i'm so upset at everything that's going on yeah and i've i've tried for 25 years the the hot poker in the eye effect right and while that has i think brought a lot of people along and it's been good and yeah. that at, in appropriate moments um i think this time around i thought uh there's a there's a there's even a better way to, to try and reach an even wider audience uh,
0: with this. Oh, geez. You, you had me sold. I thought like, hey, you know, Michael Moore's got a little hope. He's got a little patience. What's happening? This movie feels No, uplifting. I have no <laughs>
1: patience. I'm, and I'm hopeless. It's an illusion. It's I'm completely... I'm not, here. But here, I'll tell you, what, here's what I, I do. Here's what you may have yeah. picked up on a little bit. I, I, do, I am optimistic. Mm. I am, in a crazy way, optimistic. Yeah, right. I'm not a cynic. I'm not... Yeah. I don't sit back in my narcissism and just go, yeah, it's all fucked up. And
0: oh, really? You know, so there's a little room in your narcissism to
1: have a little bit of optimism? Yeah, <laughs> there is like no. I need narcissism, actually. Of course. If I actually spent a little bit of each day thinking about myself, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I would have a better life. Uh, frankly, I, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm. Um, i'm very much look i mean i never expected to be doing this anyway so this is all kind of a in general you mean documentary. In general no well, I, well, I hated mean, documentaries i always hated them well, i think it's I interesting up
0: and, that you say you know you, you should spend a little more time thinking about yourself because i think some people uh think that you and i i actually had a conversation with a woman last night about this uh you know that i was watching the movie i enjoyed it i said uh, i'm learning i feel sad but uh you know michael's carrying me through it uh you know and and she said that uh She's in the film business. She said, well, he seems to make it about himself. And I said, well, he sort of has to. He has to run it through him. How right. else, you know, you, you've you become, like, you're very careful and in, in, in it seems on some level relatively image conscious about
1: your role in these movies. right. Right. Yeah, when she says I make it about myself, it's just cuz I'm in the movie. I mean, it's like it's like same. Hey that Woody Allen, you know, he's just always it's always about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's Spike Lee, he's just always in his movies. Right. Uh yeah, that some of us do that. I mean, yeah. that's a way of storytelling. Yeah, but of it's course. not it's not because in my case that I Come on, let's be I mean, look, I'm not that I'm not that self-loathing on one level, but on another level it's like if if you were me you wouldn't want to see yourself blown up 50 feet on a screen. no i think screen. there's
0: a there's a humility to it and it's a way of a, it, it's disarming and it's a way you approach the subject matter and also runs through you you're like the fact that you you're telling me you've tempered your rage to I, I think i guess in looking at that film you sort of had to because you you had to act like a human you weren't you weren't running around america you were running around other people's countries and and politely engaging them right. with stuff you
1: wanted to learn Well, because i I threw down a challenge to myself Right. in the idea of this movie. The conceit of this movie is how can I make a movie that goes at the heart of everything that's wrong in this country, mm-hmm. everything that's that's all messed up about America, but never shoot a single frame of film or video in this country? I make a movie about the United States... And never go to the United States. And, and how did you develop it? Was it a
0: like a you woke up sweating and said, "I got it"? Or or was no? It? I've been
1: thinking about this since I was nineteen. Ever since I got a Eurail pass and a youth hostel card and went to Europe with a backpack and wandered around for two months.
0: You were there for two months. Yeah. And, and what I was just, your
1: temperament then? My te- well, my <laughs> I j- I remember thinking I would be in a country and I would notice something. Mm-hmm. I don't just you know, and I would go, "How come we don't do that? Mm-hmm. That's such a good idea, right? You know." Uh, or I would hear about how, you know, college is entirely free or I, I remember I was, I was hiking in Sweden and yeah. busted my foot yeah, and went to a, had to go to a hospital or a clinic. Panicked. And they, right, you're like probably panicked. panic. Like, gonna- oh my god! Oh my god! I don't have my Blue Cross card. I'm, I'm going to be. <laughs> right. What is going to happen to me here? And they're like, they fix me up, and they go, "Okay, have a nice day." Or however you say that in <laughs> you Swedish. And the bill. And no, I'm like, no, no, there's no bill. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like you've got to be kidding me. It's the first time I'd ever heard that. That you're like, I think I'll stay healthcare here. Healthcare was free. Yeah, I was like, wow. So, so over the years, but wait, before we yeah. go there, how
0: politicized were you at that time? When did he, when did, when, cause he said that you'd never thought you'd be doing this
1: and I never like, thought I'd be making a documentary because I didn't like documentaries in general, but you've made like a half dozen or yeah. 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I've made nine, nine films now. But so where did yeah. it start? You grew up in outside of Flint. Yeah. Flint, Michigan. Right. And, and you then, were, um, your dad, what? Dad, what my what? dad was an auto worker. Uh, my mom was a secretary. How old are you now? I'm now 61 okay 61 so you're 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 an honest to god baby boomer yeah i'm a baby boomer and uh you, you witnessed know, the 60s saw the 60s 70s and um you remember nixon from junior high maybe i remember i remember nixon i remember campaigning for nixon actually really yeah yeah with because, your dad no 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 i was in eighth grade ninth grade and no no, no my dad voted democrats or irish always Cavaliers. right but I was so against the war in Vietnam and Johnson and Humphrey and all of that uh, with the war, and it was '68, uh-huh. and I just, I just thought, you know, um, I'm not going to do anything to help those guys, and what can I do to help the other guy? I didn't. And know that's what, eighth I, grade. That's eighth grade, so I didn't really know who Nixon was, you know. So just, who awakened you to the realities of the politics of the war in eighth grade? <laughs> no, I
0: mean, but, how did you? Take I think that? I
1: just, I just. I don't know, I just watched the news and I just started developing my own ideas. No older thoughts. brothers? No, no, oh no, 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 no. No guy at the record store? No, no, <laughs> no, no priest in the rectory. <laughs> <laughs> no cool priest, the hip liberal priest? There was actually a hippie priest yeah. uh, that that was pretty cool. And um, I think probably yeah, there were, actually I went to Catholic schools, so there were those nuns and priests who were very much on the left side of things, and they they thought the war was wrong, and they were very much in favor of civil rights and mm-hmm. things like that. So those that, are those are important. That probably had a big influence. I had a cousin too who lived in New York City, and my mom's sister had moved to New York way way back when she was young, married a man who was a state assemblyman, a Democrat, part of the Roosevelt uh-huh. uh, machine. And she would come. Our cousin would come every summer to visit us. Is it uh, a woman or a man? A man. Oh, I mean, no, no. the 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 Uncle was a man. Yeah. In the state assembly. The, our cousin's a woman. Yeah. And uh and then she would teach us all this stuff about the Kennedys and Democrats and and all that. Inside and, line. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then when we would go there to New York to visit, they lived on Staten Island, and so. Uh, we would stay there for, I don't know, a month and, right. and, and take the ferry over and got to see, you know, and experience and know and learn about New York and that whole thing when we were starting and probably I was, I don't know, eight years old. So. Was that in the late 60s? It was 1963. Oh, so it hadn't fallen yet. New York was still pretty glorious. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great place. Yeah. I, I, I mean, literally, and, and, and we would take, us kids would just take the ferry by ourselves mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> over there and just wander sure. around sure on the subway yeah it was still like the madman era in, yeah in a exactly way. right yeah yeah I, I remember standing outside the ed sullivan uh, theater which wasn't called the Ed Sullivan Theater then. It was just where the Ed Sullivan Show was. Right. And uh, with our little autograph books, you know, because we're from the Midwest, so we had these little autograph books. And uh, I remember standing there waiting to get Roy Rogers' uh, autograph. Roy Rogers! Yeah, that was a big moment uh, for me. Did you get it? Yeah, yeah, his and Dale, his wife, Dale Evans. How about the horse? Uh, Trigger was not there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they can do. They
1: can fit him in that theater. I'm surprised he didn't bring him. Yeah, he might have been dead by that time and already Trigger. stuffed. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. All right. So, so you're growing up. Did you have any fun
1: when I was growing up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you a fun guy? My sister and I were just talking about this the other night. How we we used to stay out. So ba- that was back in the day when the the parents would tell you to go play in the street. Sure, you know it's the opposite now. The helicopter parents go hang around the, the corner. You know, you went and hang. You hung out on the corner. You 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 played baseball, or yep. in, on the East Coast you played stickball. Yep. in the street. Yep. You know, uh, it was a dirt street that we lived on, so we were just dirty all the time, and 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 all the neighbors' kids would come. All out. the neighbors' kids, and then by when it got dark, which in Michigan. You know, because we're so far to the west, but we're in the Eastern Time Zone, so uh-huh. it didn't get dark till ten o'clock. But then we would stay out for another hour or so and play Bloody Murder. And then you'd hear your mother yell. That's yeah. what I'd heard. That's the, what, all when the mothers we, would yell. Yeah. Eleven o'clock, Mark! they'd all yell. Yeah, yeah. No, well, see, no, yeah, but the, the Catholic version of the yeah. Irish version of that yeah. is Michael Francis. Yeah, Michael Francis. <laughs> 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 it's like, I'm coming. Yeah, but uh no, ten we, more minutes. <laughs> ten more minutes. Yeah. Bloody Murder. Uh-huh. We play Bloody Murder. That was our favorite game. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, I remember that even in uh, early 70s, 71, but I grew up in New Mexico, mm. and I, I don't know that that neighborhood where I grew up is, is necessarily any different, but yours changed a lot.
1: Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, because back then, everybody had a job, and they had a good job. They had mm-hmm. a good factory job. They were all union guys, and um, you know they made good money. And How old were you when that fell apart? How old were you when you saw your father or, or, or the, your neighborhood or your city go through that heartbreak? It started uh, when Reagan got elected. Basically, it started around 1980, and so by that time I was I was what, 26 years old. So I, was, I oh. was beyond it, and and I had I quit my first day at General Motors. I didn't. I just I could not. How old were you? I was uh, I was right out of high school. So and you went very, where you, your dad got you the gig or no? What? My, my, my buddy, his dad was uh, had a white collar job there, so they were hiring, and he could get us applications, and we got right. in. And we both got hired. And the first day I got up and I could I could smell the cigarettes from downstairs. My dad was already up getting ready to go to his job in the yeah. factory. And I just laid there in bed and I just thought, oh, God, I do not want a life of this. I just right. do not want to get up at 430 every morning and, and go build cars. But that first cigarette's great. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you that right now I, I miss those fuckers yeah yeah you never you never, <laughs> I never smoked so i, I don't know that, that's so funny
0: the kid the, of a smoker goes either way either you're gonna do it or you're never gonna do
1: it yeah no 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 the, the, the parents the my dad and, and his parents uh, his dad uh they were they smoked a lot so uh you you just had that smell on you all the time
0: yeah and, um, yeah it's weird i, I you're, you're talking about it in sort of a a, a, a slightly negative tone I, i'm i'm thinking about about it. thinking it, like, what a great Right home. now, it, is, but, you, your, your sensory yeah, memory yeah, yeah, is yeah. I'm like, it's oh. like the
1: perfume. Well, like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything smelled like cigarettes for years. Yes, I, like, right. People forget that. Every nightclub, everywhere you yeah.
1: went, you smoked on a plane. Right. I don't you know how on, the fuck you smoked in a the theater. I don't know how we ever live with it yeah no it was everywhere you're right it's it was crazy. i it remember was, in,
0: when i was in high school smoking on a plane right in the back right the, the last four rows right as if that's not going to affect the, i know you I, smelled it through the whole plane yeah <laughs> unbelievable so
1: all right so what was your plan then when you decided that wasn't for you You I didn't, I didn't have one and um i had enrolled in the local college and uh i lasted about a year and a half and i, I went for studying that. what uh i was studying political science and theater and uh and so you i had ju- some aspirations to act, to act uh yeah or or, or write uh uh-huh. you know uh write plays something like that did but, you write any uh yes i did actually i wrote i wrote a play during that year and a half and it won a, a prize at the university of michigan yeah mm-hmm. what was it yeah. about it was about <laughs> it was it was sort of an avant-garde uh, piece where took some chances well, essentially, it ends up with this uh, guy looking like Jesus on a cross made of aluminum foil, and um, uh, and uh, Jesus is kind of upset at what all his followers are doing, and so he pulls the nails out of it. You think it's just a cross with, like, Jesus yeah. on it dead, but he pulls the nails out, and he comes off the cross and starts confronting the audience for their behavior. And then I had actors placed in the audience to start stand up and start shouting. Get back up there! Get back up there! Wow! Damn you, Jesus! Satire chops and, uh, in place already. And so, and so, and then a guy runs out of the audience with mm-hmm. a God. You could never do this now, right? Well, maybe. A guy runs out of the oh, audience with a gun, leaps on the stage and shoots Jesus, mm. and then drags him back to the cross. Wow! And then, then there's people there, and they decide they help put the dead jesus now back up on the on the cross that
0: this was uh i i think i don't think your comedy chops were in
1: place yet it
0: it it, <laughs> it was funny at the beginning <laughs> right. i know i was i thought it was funny the, the idea of
1: uh, them telling you to get to get back up on the cross but, uh, but you took it all the way well I, I, the 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 play was really was was trying to say that essentially some christians uh like their jesus dead yeah and on a cross sure well, i mean a, that's what they've grown up with i mean yeah it's a
0: hard thing to to wrap your brain if around they otherwise. actually had to
1: live what he said to do to love your neighbor to do good to those who persecute you to turn the other cheek to that the poor get into heaven before anybody else you know if they actually had to live that life or yeah. even really process those things philosophically, which is I thought was interesting about the
0: film, is that you know people were speaking about the nature of of, of brotherly love, of community, of, uh, of um, you know pride in in the the people of your country, yeah, in in a, in a way that was collaborative mm-hmm. and, and uh, respectful, yeah, without talk of, of religion or Christianity at all. Right, it was second nature. Yeah. That was uh, that was a very fascinating thing that when you were talking to the people in uh, I think Sweden and Norway mm-hmm. that uh there was not in Norway yeah in mm-hmm. Norway that you know they you the the type of vengeful justice and also the type of selfish uh self-serving um uh individualism that that is really what drives this country and the greed is it doesn't
1: even register today. Right. That's no. fascinating. No they Like they said, they they organize themselves around the concept of we and we organize ourselves around the concept of me. Yeah, I'll take care of me. You take care of you. But Was that always the way?
0: I mean, do you see it seems to me that on some level with 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 what you what your sense of justice is and what your sense of of how things should be? uh, Do you remember a time where it was closer to that? Do you have some fond memory? Do you believe there was an America that functioned properly at a time in your life? For white people. Well, yeah, yeah I get sure. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yes, of course. I think back when I was growing up, the sense of community that people had, uh, how they felt and treated each other, you know, in the community, in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you would take care of it um you you could leave the house and the neighbor would look after the kids now you don't even know the neighbor's name two doors down from you you know it's that sort of thing it's it's we live in we do live in a different world like that there's a lot of weird detachment
0: michael and it's like and i don't know it, it's sort of a a benign evil in the way that i don't know that people even know they're doing it it doesn't seem to be necessarily malice in it Uh, But there seems to be sort of like you see shit go down and people like in some of these videos you see of like those cops taking that kid out of that desk and throwing that kid to the ground that the other students didn't even look up.
1: Yeah. Right. There was. They just know that's the normal. Uh-huh. That's the normal to them. And so it wasn't unusual at they, you... they and then later we find out he was nicknamed Officer Slam. Right. I mean that's what they called him in school.
0: It's interesting that this movie you were able to really cover everything that you've been working towards and and for your entire career on film. That you were able to cover it all with yeah. this with this context that you created by going to other countries. That's yeah. pretty
1: true. Yeah. You're able
0: to cover, you know, uh, corporate crime the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the, uh the corporate greed, you're able to cover guns, health healthcare, healthcare, mm-hmm. healthcare mm-hmm. prison, yeah. race, yeah. Uh, education. The banks. Uh, yeah, the banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh and, and and just a sense of uh, oh uh, uh human dignity and, and human rights and, and right. union rights and employee right. rights. It was like all of this was like your 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 masterwork. Yeah. And and you chose to well, be that- uh, more diplomatic in this one
1: well again i'm not being diplomatic i am i'm up to something here i'm up to something very subversive because i expect revolution to happen right and, and i expect this film to play a role in that well i believe that there's so many things percolating just below the surface right now mm-hmm. that people are so pissed off about and it's just waiting to happen and some of it's already, just hoping it happens in the right direction it will happen in the right direction it will happen this is the optimism Yes, this is the, well, and I have historical backup. There are examples of when, when the people have risen up, uh, it hasn't gone the right way. Um, you know, and we know that from the last century, but I don't think that's what's going to happen now because I think, especially the younger generation that we've raised a, b- a bunch of kids that are not haters. I mean, they don't, they don't. They don't hate somebody because they're in love with somebody from the same gender. Right. You know, they just don't. They're They're more open-minded. They're much more open-minded. And the sort of the older generation that was full of this racism. And I'm not saying there isn't racism. We obviously have a lot of racism. But still, that is, I see it leaving. It's going. You know? Well, yeah, sure. I, I think that a lot of the type and, of. And the, the Republicans are, are, are essentially the, that noise you hear from that crazy campaign that's going on. Yeah. They, they sound like the dying dinosaurs, must have sounded. <laughs> you know, this is set of weird noises yeah. they're emitting <laughs> because they know they're done. Reptilian death They're throws. over. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, statistically, they're over. Yeah. Right now, I, the statistic is just that blows my mind 81.5% of the electorate in this country is either women people of color or young people between the ages of 18 and 35 that's 81 and a half percent of the country 18 and a half percent of the country are white guys over the age of 35 okay. yet they hear the Republicans talk they think whenever they say the word America yeah. that's the America that they're talking to that isn't America anymore that two months ago first day of kindergarten in September First time ever in our history where the majority of kindergartners were not white. It has changed. We live in a different America. And then, and and
0: there's also a contingent of that 18% that is very aware of that and very angry
1: about us Absolutely. Are you? I mean, did you go to college? Where? Sure. Where'd you go? Boston University. So you went to a private university. Yeah. But Even then, it probably wasn't seventy thousand dollars a year. Uh, look, I was, uh, my parents had a little bread and,
0: and I didn't ask questions, Michael.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should I ask any now? No, no, I mean, I did all right. I mean I, I don't know what the exact cost of it was, but you know I was afforded that luxury because you know, my parents, my dad was a, a doctor and I, you know I didn't, uh, I didn't
1: grow up uh, in want of much. Okay, well, if you had gone to a SUNY school in New York, yeah, if you had gone to UC Berkeley or Santa Barbara or whatever, you would have paid zero dollars uh ann arbor university of michigan i think i I went a year and a half to the university of michigan in flint i think i might have paid five hundred dollars a semester so there was a time in this country where public uh education through college was doable with that's another thing you talked about it was a value it was a value that that young people should be able to go post-secondary education go to college and not end up at a debtor's prison at the age of 22 right that was a so that at 22 when you had your education you could then take the time to decide what you wanted to do with your life yeah maybe you didn't want to go to work right away no problem maybe you want to go backpacking around Europe no problem. Maybe you want to fall in love. Maybe any of a number of things. Now you've got to get to work right away to pay off these student loans. And and it's not even clear that what you took from the
0: college experience can help you at all in any way. Well, I, it everybody knows that. Well, right. But like when we were younger, and even when I was in college, I mean there was a a, a strong uh liberal arts education available. There was still the the structure of the education was still to to sort of broaden your horizons on a lot of different levels,
1: creativity right. and, and otherwise, and you could choose those things. Yes, you could take poetry classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take things that they would say now is, how's that going to get you a job? It doesn't get you a job anyways.
0: That's a weird thing. They're just shutting it all down to make these mills of, uh, you know, to create drones that are really
1: incapable of much. And by creating drones, then we're not going to come up with the next invention, the next great cure for something yeah. we need a cure for, the or or the next piece of great art. I mean, yeah. and that's, think about that and a lot too. Of people, I mean, and
0: a lot of people don't think that's important. That was an, a, another interesting well, thing in the movie. You know, that note where, you, you know, it was an aside, but you're walking through the maximum security prison. Where was that, Norway? In Norway, And there's yeah. like, and there's modern art on the walls. It right. Was, it was mind-blowing. It was yes. mind-blowing. Mind so, right. okay, let's go back to you and modern art. So, you, you know, yeah. you killed Jesus
1: yes. with a gun. Yeah. As a and playwright. Won, won an award at the University of Michigan.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, it was gutsy. What did your Catholic parents think of it? Did they come to the show? They didn't come to
1: the show. (laughs) But I explained it enough to them to where they understood that I was trying to show the good Jesus and that the haters would not like it if he was walking amongst us today. They got that. How Catholic did you grow up? Very Catholic. My parents went to Mass every single day of their lives. Really? Seven days a week, yes. And I I asked them at 14 years old if I could leave home and go to the seminary uh, to be a priest. And they did not want me to go, but all you had to do was tell them that, you know, um, you had a calling. <laughs> right, right. Even though I didn't, I didn't believe in that. Sure. But I actually, but I wanted to, I was very, remember, remember the time now we lived in, the Berrigan brothers. These were two Catholic priests. They were brothers. Tom and what was the other one? Uh, um, uh, Phil and Dan Berrigan. Oh, Phil and Dan. Phil and Dan Berrigan. I think Tom Berrigan, <laughs> think Tom Berrigan is a writer. And, um, uh, yes, or a member of KISS. I'm not yeah, sure yeah, which, yeah, but yeah. anyways, the, the, but they were, they were the anti-war priests. Right. They were arrested uh, for, you know, pouring their blood over draft records. Uh, the, There was Cesar Chavez and the Farm Workers Movement, Mm -hmm. which was very Catholic-based, on the priests that were involved in that movement. So I was very much drawn to how uh, being a priest could actually do good in this manner. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I convinced him to let me leave home at 14, and I went away to the seminary. You did? Yes, I did. For how long? Uh, Just one year. The hormones kicked in. Oh, yeah. not cut out for I it. I read the uh, rule book. Uh at that at that time it just said no girls. Of course they actually meant <laughs> no girls or boys, yeah, but yeah. um but yeah, no, it's somewhere between the age of 14 and 15 I thought wow there's another gender Uh, and they look good yeah yeah you might have you might have even been a a year late on that one no i remember i remember going (laughs) in and telling i remember (laughs) i was in science class and the the priest that was teaching science class i remember saying to him you know you know so father uh so god created everything in six days and on the sixth day he created man you know like adam and and made eve from adam with a rib yeah and um i don't know about that father because it looks like to me God spent about twenty three hours of that day on women and about an hour on us. <laughs> I mean, you know, they look at women; they're like they're you know they 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 score higher on the test. They sure. they live three well, years. He was longer. thinking ahead. He was thinking ahead. He's yeah. like,
0: we we need the women to be ahead of the curve.
1: here. they were. Yeah, they live yeah. longer. Uh, they they have two X chromosomes. Mm. We're missing one piece of that second X chromosome, <laughs> which we call now a Y, but it's it's missing that fourth
0: quadrant. Right, and that's also something that was in this film that conversation with those female ceos in norway you know about you know the the and, and that uh, the former uh, what was she the president yeah or the, the president um, of iceland of Iceland that's right, it was in Iceland, right the, the women CEOs about the first know, country to elect a woman president, and also that the women salvaged the economy, yes after the bankers destroyed it, yes, and that there's this interesting you know you know balance and respect and equality that that and, and it, it's
1: very clear to the men there too, it seems that you know women are really should be running things well, isn't it odd that we don't have more women running things or that we prevent them from running things because uh, go back to when you were a child, who ran the house? Well, that's always been who, this sort of weird. Who took care of the checkbook?
0: The weird excuse of patriarchy is they're secretly running things. We don't need to oh. let them run things. Oh yeah, right. <laughs>
1: you, you know what I mean? You what a what bunch me? of bullshit. It, you kinda, know? Yeah. Well, it's a way to, to then you don't have to pay them, or you pay them very little. I, yeah, and, I, I, and, I, and it was that
0: was the way they respected
1: them. It was right. like, well, we know yeah. they're really wearing the pants. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in fact, actually, the women in Iceland, I show this in the film, went on strike in 1975. Yeah. And it shut the country down. And not just the country, uh, in terms of nothing worked, but they wouldn't work in the home either. They they went on this, like, women's strike. And so, you know, nobody was making dinner. Nobody was doing the laundry. Mm -hmm. And it flipped the men out. And, And actually, in a good way sensitize them to the fact of wow if it weren't for women uh, things would be and, pretty bad and also that you uh, you shot in tunisia which had
0: a similar situation i think after that
1: yes well they, the women there wanted an equal rights amendment to their constitution like the women in this country and This is a did. muslim country it's a muslim country the islamic party opposed it but the people of the country wanted it and they voted it in mm. and now they have all these equal rights provisions in their constitution for women that we don't have in our constitution well, i found it fascinating because i'm guilty of what that tunisian woman was you know
0: talk in her appeal to the people of the united states that, that you gave a few people the opportunity if you have anything to say yeah yeah you know that's a tough position for someone to be in right in a way but you know when she said you know we all know you don't you get to know us, right? And you know, I'm guilty of that, and, right. and and it is sort of fascinating to me. And it's we I don't even know much
1: about England, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. there is a whole world out there. You don't there know something can... about the the country next door to you? No, what, I mean Canada or which one, or, Mexico? Or, yeah, we're Mexico. We're in California here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a few miles from Mexico. Yeah. Who's the president of Mexico? That guy. Yeah, exactly, and you're an educated person. Yeah. You went to Boston. Do you, you know who he is? No, I don't know who it is. <laughs> Thank I, God. All right. I know. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying like I'm smarter <laughs> yeah. than you. I'm like. Or, or now we know Trudeau just guy. That's a name everybody knows sure. in Canada. But the but, reason I know it is because his wife fucked Mick Jagger. Right, exactly. But <laughs> but the guy. but who's been the who's been the uh, the, the prime minister of Canada for the, the last crack decade? Smoking guy. Yeah. He, no, that was the bear of Toronto. Oh, the name of Stephen Harper. Yeah. He ran Canada for the last a bad decade. guy. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They all hated him. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying we don't know anything about anybody in the world, including the people who live next door to us in the
0: last few years. You know, I've so thoroughly detached from the political circus that I, you know, I, I'm hard pressed to know exactly what's going on now. I've, I've gotten, (laughs) I don't know that I've gotten cynical. I've just gotten more self-involved in what way. What do you mean by that? Well, I like. I made a fairly, you know, clear decision to deal with you know my own you know, kind of existential, you know, struggles emotionally and otherwise you know, around my own rage and you know, my own sort of perception of things, uh, and and talk about that on a day to day basis. So mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I I went in instead of out right. uh, after Air America, and 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 a lot of people relate
1: to it. It was a, it oh, was God. no, no. I think this is the because you've taken that path. It's been so much more enlightening. Uh, than when you were on Air America and yeah. you had to play a role right. on the liberal radio right. network, no, no, no. This your podcast and now your show on TV. Mm-hmm. This is a very engaging. It's like you can't stop listening, you can't stop watching it because because you figured out in the way that you were saying about you know, and I had to say to you, no, this is maybe I'm more angry than ever, even mm-hmm. though know, I look like I'm being diplomatic and yeah. nice, but I've just found a way to channel that rage in a way where I want. I want things to happen in my lifetime. I want them to happen for me, my neighbors, you, the people that live across the pond, whatever. And and I think you've done a similar thing. And you may call it not political, mm. but it might actually be more political because... because Humanizes.
0: And people start to appreciate each other.
1: Yes, and I think that that goes a long way to making the world a better place. Yeah, and I know you're not doing this for that altruistic shade no, like, reason, but, right. but Mark... I mean, just let's just. Can we do we have a split screen here on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm just saying put old Mark. Yeah, yeah up
0: against current well yeah well i that's why i thought like you know i you know, like i've started to soften a bit and 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 be a little more like i don't em- think it's softening but empathetic or open-hearted that's not, why and do I, we
1: call that why is that soft well no no, no that's, it, that's that's I, a, I that, it in a good way but I, I know. yeah but no but being empathetic and yeah. going inward like that that is aggressive mm. in a way because we're not supposed to do that mm. we're supposed to keep up the armor and the shield and like keep working and eh, keep working and yeah, yeah, yeah. And how come you're not doing 100 dates on the road this year? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You know, you know it's know. like, no, I don't think so, because you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that a lot lately. Yeah, no, it's, but I think it's, I think that there's a positive effect to it.
0: But I think that's something you might have gotten, you know, before it became too, uh, too filled with bile. That, it, you know, that being part of a Catholic upbringing, if you frame it philosophically uh, in the correct way, it, it is an empathetic disposition.
1: I like profoundly. Yes, but also being brought up in that Catholic way, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. anybody listening to this who was raised Catholic, really super Catholic, mm-hmm. big C Catholic, um, man, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a hell. <laughs> there, there's a hell, you know. And, it's a, and you know what happens there. There's a lot of burning and horrible things, and you right. believe it. And you believe that the hell you're experiencing now is somehow you deserve it you know you must have done something to bring this on to yourself right and all of that it's just um no i think it's uh but again you know it's funny when i had my tv show uh which one the uh, awful truth uh, both of them actually this happened on both shows on tv nation the awful truth and we were in the writer's room one day myself and the writers and i don't know how we got onto the topic of religion but but it was kind of like you know I mean, you kind of knew who who the Jewish writers were and you knew a couple of the Catholics. But we just asked everybody, like, how were you raised and what religion? There wasn't a single Protestant in the room. Hmm they were all raised Catholic or Jewish <laughs> I thought okay there's like so then when I did my second TV show we did the same thing there was one Protestant and the, the rest there was all it was like Catholics <laughs> and was he the, the showrunner uh, yes actually <laughs> yes and his name was Jay Martel and he went on to be the showrunner for Key and Peele he's a very very funny guy that's so funny so the, the and the his self, dad was a preacher
0: the self-flagellation necessary to become a writer uh, <laughs> only exists in <laughs> Jews and
1: Catholics yeah what is that uh, I, I think it's because I think we need to we need to laugh i think it's the flip side of the coin The relief yeah the relief because on that other side of the coin we're actually
0: quite angry sure and also it's a way to sort of maneuver through the world and and have a voice and and you know humor can be very powerful and cutting it can be disarming and it can be uh 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 revelatory i mean it's a powerful and it, and it
1: also helps to deal with the personal pain oh yeah absolutely right? oh yeah i you, mean you don't want to sit too quiet for too long Well, I just, I think, especially if you're, if you're Irish Catholic, you know, you have this, this choice of, of how do you, because so much of the humor is dark humor. Mm. You're, you're really trying to alleviate a lot of the inner pain Mm -hmm. and, and and that's what the alcohol is for. (laughs) So if you're not going to be a drunk. Um now the humor button really better kick in
0: but but you saw these Catholic priests who were active yes and 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 revolutionary yes so you, you did a year at seminary yes. you did a year and a half at University yeah. of Michigan're you're, you're, it seems like you you're, you're good at taking about a year or so to figure <laughs> shit out. So when did and then I need to move on when did start when did things start to lock in in terms of of kind of manifesting uh,
1: your revolutionary ideals hmm. Wow. Well, I, I put out my own newspaper for about 10 years in Flint. It was called the Flint voice uh, based on the New York's paper. Yeah, kind of like the a rag, the, the old a, village a, yeah, voice yeah, of yeah. weekly politics and uh-huh, culture and uh-huh. that sort of thing.
0: Stan, like James Ridgeway stuff. You were friends with yeah, James, right? Yes,
1: right. Yes. And I ran his column and, and Alex Coburn's column and, you know, in my paper but um it was after i uh they, they, the people that own uh, mother jones magazine up in san francisco saw my paper and asked me to come out and interview to be the editor of mother jones and uh so i went out there and they offered me the job and i had to decide whether or not to close up my life in flint and move to san francisco did you ever do any radio and i had my own radio show in flint it was called Where? radio free flint it what was, was that it was a it was a, a weekly one hour show something like this uh-huh. uh where and it, but it had a lot of it had it had humor but there were interviews and uh-huh. um, you know uh at, on you know the the on the week of christmas we'd have drunk santa come in and little kids would actually call (laughs) up live (laughs) thinking they're talking to santa oh Oh, so was this a late night show uh no (laughs) it was not it was on sunday morning oh on a rock station on a rock station you know that rock block before noon sure on sundays where they would have to have community programming oh right right that was you that was me oh how long did you do that for oh i did that for almost 10 years really yeah 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 it was a lot of fun is that where you met james no, I, I met him because he called me up and he said, I'm going to make a documentary film. I have this buddy of mine. His name is Kevin Rafferty in Michigan because there was the, the Ku Klux Klan and the neo-Nazis were kind of coming oh, back to life. Was that blood in the face? Blood in the face. Oh,
0: that that, that fucking
1: movie fucked me up. Yeah, and they said, do you know anything about these guys here in Michigan? I said, oh yeah, I know all about them. Would you help us? And so, yeah, sure. So I, I got them into like some Klan rallies and some neo-Nazi How'd stuff. you know them? I had had them on my radio show so and, you would engage these guys oh of course they're scary oh, yeah. guys no, no i go on bill o'reilly yeah <laughs> right i mean i go on hannity yeah i'm mean, not that they're nazis or clan right i don't don't take that the wrong way but i'm just saying i yes i'm not afraid of the so-called uh enemy or somebody who has a different opinion than i have <laughs> right. uh but these but these guys are really crazy yeah and uh so i i we got there to the the big Klan weekend it was like a convention of clan mm. uh-huh. um and um um and they the uh, rafferty and uh, ridgeway were they did not want to be on camera Mm -hmm. they did not want they thought after this film comes out we're dead and they said to me would you ask some questions on camera like just whatever comes to your head i said yeah sure i'm not afraid of these guys and so i and that was my first time ever of asking questions (laughs) on on a camera and a year later i decided to make my own film and uh, i called up rafferty kevin rafferty and, and ridgeway and i said hey can you guys help me out and teach me how to make a movie and, and they and Ra- kevin rafferty said he'd made a film called the atomic cafe and i remember that remember movie yes that, yeah, was, that right. was
0: all the old clips and the uh duck and cover right yeah yeah, atomic, the, uh, yeah 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 yeah
1: he said i'll come back to flint and i'll i'll spend a week and I'll, I'll i'll shoot for you and i'll teach you how to use the camera and the machine and the sound and this everything. is for roger and me for roger and me mm. and i knew nothing and he was my film school And and the most amazing guy taught me how to edit then down in the village uh, when I was done shooting the film. And then I end up in Washington, D.C. because I had to go get a job. And I'm cutting my movie, Roger Me. And it's inauguration day for the first Bush in uh, january of uh of 89 yeah and i said to the editors hey i've never seen an inauguration you want to go down let's go yeah yeah, yeah let's so it's we cold shut down. usually it's very cold but we went down there's nobody there though back in those days at the inauguration Is that true yeah i mean it was like the mall was empty i mean it was crowded up by the capitol steps right but it didn't go back like obama's thing right, for like right. three miles right you know? right so so we got kind of close and th- yet there were tv screens there were big screens that were up and i said to the editors oh my god there's kevin rafferty he's up there uh and we thought he was shooting a documentary yeah. of the inauguration. Yeah. I called him a couple days later. I said, Kevin, I, I was at the inauguration of Bush. I could I could have sworn you were on the stage. And long pause, he goes, yeah, that was me. I said, wow, so were you making a movie or? No, and he's like taking a big drag off his cigarette. And he goes, no, I wasn't making a movie. <laughs> I said, well, what were you doing up there? Another drag. My uh, my uncle is the um, uh, president of the United States. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> I've known this guy for, like, now two or three years. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He goes, no, my mother and Barbara Bush are sisters. I said, I cannot. How come you never said this? How come you never mentioned this? He goes, because of the very way you're reacting right now. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so... I couldn't believe that my film school was a member of the Bush family, like close member, a yeah, close member, cousin. So when I get the film done, and and uh, Bush George, for the first, yeah, um, wants they're having a family reunion at Camp David, orders a print from Warner Brothers to be sent of Roger and me to Camp David, the huh. show for because because Kevin helped he shot the film, right? right? Oh, so so, so it's like our our nephew did a hey, uh, thing, Kev, yeah. Kev, our nephew. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, so. I tried to go, but they wouldn't, I couldn't, you know. Oh, uh, that would have uh, been a good screening. But I, I said to him, I said to him afterwards. I said, so what happened in there And the projectionist? said, so he was, it was like, well, uh, it was pretty quiet <laughs> during the movie, <laughs> except for one, except he said for one of the, one of his cousins laughed hysterically throughout the whole movie. I said, oh, that's, that's good. Good, good, good. Was, he goes, no, 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 no. Uh He's, uh, he's got a little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> problem. Yeah. Uh, is this cousin named George? Oh, like He got a kick at it, huh That's the first time I heard of George W. Bush was, oh. you know, from whatever whatever high he was on, uh, laughing hysterically throughout my movie at Camp David. That is a great story. Is that wild? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you know
0: that that guy who was laughing at your first movie would become one of your mortal enemies. Yeah, is, how
1: small <laughs> is the world? Small world. No, no, it's no. If I wasn't for the Bush family, I might not even be a filmmaker. <laughs> That's why I've always spoken well of them. So they're not my mortal enemies. So you took the job at Mother Jones after Roger and me. I took the no, no. I took the. That was how I ended up making the film because I went out there, and four months later, I'm fired. Mm. Uh, had political disagreements with the owner of the magazine. Like what? Uh, he wanted to uh, run this story by this guy uh, about uh, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua weren't all that they were cracked up to be. And and I didn't feel that way. And they he didn't provide the evidence that I required. Uh, didn't like that. I put an autoworker on the cover and gave the guy a monthly column. You know, this is, I mean, Mother Jones, like a lot of stuff on the left, was not for working class people people right and i was trying to change the magazine i think more into of a working class left liberal magazine and that's not the direction i wanted to go how do you in. So feel about was, the left I in general fired.
0: yeah you're fired but how do you feel about the left in general along those lines along class lines and along you know what what activism really means and and what what is it going to take what is it going to take for the moneyed left uh to 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 sort of you know integrate and activate and be part of a, an actual left <sighs>
1: Is that something you think about? I think about it all the time because, <laughs> well, I'm out here in L.A. right now, yeah, and so I'm going around. I'm showing my movie to people. I'm, you know, we're talking about it, but it's in it's, home theaters, in, in home theaters, <laughs> and in in other theaters uh-huh. here. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting. I always notice this, especially coming from New York. I could I can spend two or three days here, yeah. and never encounter in this, especially in this business, African Americans. Mm-hmm. The only African Americans I will encounter in L. A. will be either picking me up at the airport or serving me something, you know, at a restaurant. You or, didn't go to Tyler Perry's house? Or, or, no, I've not. I've not <laughs> been there. No, but it's very it's yes. just a, yes you can't have that experience in new york that's right every day is with everybody that's true and it's a beautiful thing about new york you know i live on a street that have multi-million dollar apartments and rent there's in the building next to mine there's rent controlled apartments in there for eight or nine hundred a month a few that are left but even even that there's still it's 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 a i don't want to say it's affordable but if you know how to work it yeah you can live
0: there. I've noticed that. Yeah, New York is, is the tone of the actual island of Manhattan is definitely changing. Oh, that has really
1: changed. I mean, like that's, you,
0: you used to really feel like you know everybody's on the same page here. You know, no, yeah. no, not, it doesn't
1: feel like that anymore. No, it doesn't. Even like, I mean, I live in a nice apartment building, but when I moved in there, when I first moved in there, uh, there were two or three guys from Saturday Night Live uh, that lived there uh the playwright that wrote m butterfly lived there harvey firestein lived there uh two new york rangers lived there <laughs> i mean it was a, wow. i mean in terms of the people that had some money and yeah. could you know afford to live on the upper west side but they were still creative people they were yeah yeah. They were, my building now is a lot mostly i would say majority wall street or foreign owners or investors um and i'm i'm like i i stick out like such a sore thumb there and and i'm you're I'm, like living in the, the enemy camp i know you? but i it's like but i i bought this place like you know 25 years ago so like the oh, mortgage really? i got the mortgage paid off finally and it's like i don't want to i don't want to leave <laughs> <laughs> because i you know like to get something now would be like outrageous how do you so. stifle yourself walking past your neighbors i actually i actually have that thought in my head stifle <laughs> stifle stifle Now i i now they're probably listening to this and 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 i you know i'm i i try to treat everybody the same but actually it sounds like i pity them because they're bankers but i actually i guess i do in some ways because they're not doing good for the world um they've made the world they made this country a worse place and if i if i i just often think god if i had like an hour with them. You could talk them out of I it. I can talk them out of some of it maybe. Uh-huh. You know. Well, have, have you I tried?
0: That, maybe you should have a little meeting. I have No, I have put tried. Put some posters up. Hey, who wants to talk about the truth?
1: I have tried. And I try and I I I've I'll tell you something I've done recently. Uh I did this a while back. Uh I was walking out of a movie theater and uh this was in Florida and uh, walked by a guy and uh he go he just goes asshole to you. Yeah, to me. And I stopped, and I turned around, and I said, hey, you can't call me that. Come back here. And I'm, the, the, the friend I'm with, she's like, oh, God, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. The guy comes back, you know, and we don't get into a fight, and he goes, because I, I think you're an asshole. I said, you don't even know me. How can you even say something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, maybe I am, but when you want to, like, at least know something? I know everything about you. I said, you haven't seen a single one of my movies and he had an honest moment, and he said, "You're goddamn right, I haven't." <laughs> I said, "Well, then, how can you make up your mind like this without?" I said, "Listen, go home seriously, go on Netflix, go on iTunes, rent one of them. I can i I don't get any more money from these films. I, I don't have a right a back end yeah, so I don't you're not giving me any money, but for two ninety nine watch any of them, and I swear to God at the end of the movie, you may not agree with me politically." But you will come to, I think, three conclusions. Number one, I love this country. Number two, I have a heart. I care about what's going on and I care about other people. And number three, I swear to God, you're going to laugh a half a dozen times in the movie. It'll be, it's, 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 some of it is a comedy. And what'd he say? And he said, Well, well I'm, you know, I already know what you're going to say. I said, No, you don't. You honestly don't. You've been told this by Fox News or by Rush Limbaugh or whatever. Yeah. And, they're in trouble once you watch one of my movies because you're going to go, they lied to me. I mean, I don't agree with Mike politically, but he clearly loves this country, and he's funny. Well, and he gives a shit.
0: Well, what, how has how that burden for you been to, to sort of be... He shook my
1: hand. He did. He said, I'll do it. Well, well, that's it. Well, you treated him with respect. Because I, I do respect him. I do. Even calling me an asshole, I think I just... My first... I'm not mad. I just think he's been misled, and... Yeah, and that if he really knew me, he wouldn't think. Well,
0: how do you, but how do you, how do you shoulder that burden of knowing that that's true? That, you know, like, because those guys, a lot of those guys, you, you could actually, you know, blow at least part of their mind and you could actually, you know, teach them things they didn't, uh, didn't know at all, show them some, some facts and some truths that elude them because they get their anger buzz from the severely narrow ideology of people that aren't even
1: thinking in their interest. I know. So, but how do you live with that? I mean, how do I handle that? Or Well, I mean, or... I
0: guess handle it, but I mean- that me handle be. the hate or
1: the- or There's the... a hate, but just being
0: a demigogue of, of uh, you know, being characterized as this evil demigogue of the mm. left. Mm. I mean, because cause I think this new movie appeals to
1: a, a broader spectrum yes. of
0: Americans. Right. But there's still going to be those guys who are like, not ah, that guy.
1: Yes. I can't do anything about the 20% that are over on the far, far right. Mm-hmm they're lost souls. I feel bad about that. They're my fellow Americans. I care about them. And, um, what I always say to them is, uh, that I'm going to keep fighting for the things I believe in. And when we succeed at getting true universal health care, when we succeed at having, you know, um, a bullet train that can get from LA to New York in nine hours, um, I'm going to let you ride that train too. And I'm going to let you have the free health care, too, because I want you to participate in all these things. You know, I'm working on this for everybody, not just myself and my other liberal little do-gooder friends. I am working on these things for all of us. And and I, you know, I've actually thought about either making a film or writing a book just for those guys like and and, and also for those bankers that live in my building and and say to them, I want to explain to you why. Um, these things that I talk about in this current film in terms of, uh, the 36 hour work week, uh, the universal health care, a better justice system, not, not imprisoning people who use marijuana and other mm-hmm. drugs. I want to show education, you the, the, the education, the, the, sort education premium system, of, yes. of a good education. I want to show you the conservative, why this is good for you. I want you to agree with this, not because of, again, I don't want you to become a bleeding heart liberal. Stay the way you are. But I want to show you how you will live in a safer neighborhood if we change how we do things, that that you will have better employees, smarter employees. If we make our education system different, that that you will have healthier employees and they will be more productive if they have a paid vacation, if they have paid maternity leave. If once I think that there's a way to explain this, if I make it about them, you know, again, go to the me that they so believe in how does this benefit me? How can I make a bigger profit with my business? Actually, you can make a great profit. There is a reason the French are more productive than we are. I mean, that's a crazy thought, isn't it? That the French are more productive, work less hours, produce more. How can that be? I'd like to show them how, that if, if we were more like the French, they would be even richer than they are now.
0: But what I always found fascinating when I was doing uh, you know, more political talk was just the power of the hypnotic repetition machine, it's not just the echo chamber, but the amount of money that goes in to to sort of mining and exploiting uh, a, a diminished working class's anger. To, and directing it to, to really the, the wrong direction and right. against their personal economic interests and yes. uh, self-interest like it, it's it's sort of fascinating to me that there are people that hang on to a sense of pride that is it, it, it's sort of
1: shallow and uninformed at this point. But I think that's changing, too. I think I think so. you're right. We've had Barack Obama elected twice. And I mean, that's an incredible thing. A man whose middle name is Hussein gets elected by a majority of Americans twice and um i mean i mean we still have so much racism in this country i think i think millions of people actually were able to set aside their personal prejudices to vote for him because they knew that was a better way to go than the last 8 years they had under Right, and and even if they're
0: disappointed for whatever fucking reason right it was like when i talked to him in here you know he talked about you know any incremental progress right within democracy is good that's correct that's (laughs) right and a lot of times it's it's very incremental but that's the nature of it and i was talking to chris hayes just about stuff like gay marriage all the people that had old ideas about those type of relationships who fought it you know Mm -hmm. tooth and nail you know, in their living rooms, you know, give them a couple of years to be like, bah, that's just the way it is now. I guess the hate will be gone the hate and the acceptance gone. of the reality of
1: democracy working. That's correct. Will will take hold. That's right. That's the way it works here. That's the way it works. And that's because I think human beings at their core, not everyone, but most are good. I do, too. They know good they know right from wrong yeah and it doesn't become about democrat versus republican or whatever it it's about you know what's the common sense thing to do here what's the fair way to treat people and and i i i believe most americans eventually get to that place sure not sure. all but there's
0: a, lot, there's a lot of things that are keeping a lot of americans off balance <laughs> on a day-to-day basis
1: yes fear yes fear that how many what's the percentage of the country that lives from paycheck to paycheck i mean it's it's high it's it's really the middle class is is less and less. Uh, people aren't able to do the things they want to do. They don't they don't know. You know, you can't get your student loan paid off down until you're in your 40s. Um, I mean, it's it's it. Yes, the people live. With Look, this, I know people my age that all of a sudden, like, can't
0: get a job. And can't get a job, and they they right. can't get they can't get a job, right? I mean, I have people in my family, yep. you know, who had jobs, and then they, you know something goes wrong, and they struggle, and you know these guys are in their forties and fifties, and they're they're able and they're ready, can't fucking get work. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because there's nothing to fall back on for so many people. There's right. just nothing to fall back on, right? And so that will do a number on you. Oh
1: and yeah, man, the, someone's got to pay, right? and it's hard not to think that way And it's right and so and so the, the who has to pay for their situation is not the not the system or the people that have put them in that situation but their family the family the neighbor, the neighbor the old boss the mexican right. the whatever
0: i think that's right
1: i'm gonna build a wall you know <laughs> it's like that you know trump really appeals to this sort of that kind of place where yeah, it's quite want. a show and it's quite a show in a lot of levels,
0: you know. Like you know, from from where I'm sitting, that show is 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 really showing, you know, not so much what leadership is in any way, but the the sort of like just you know, deep anger and frustration and sadness and 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 just fear of 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 all of it that 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 whoever is in, in energized by that is experiencing.
1: Right. But again, remember, eighty one and a half percent. Yeah, I'm not freaking out. Yeah, are women. <laughs> Yeah, they're not the angry white guy. They're yeah. Women, they're people of color, and they're young people, and that's what's going to save us.
0: Well, from you know, when looking at the the whole oeuvre of your uh, work, if that's the word, you know, going from <laughs> you know all the movies from all the way from Roger and Me and Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit Nine Eleven, Sitco. Now, can you cite? You know, out, outside of what we're talking about now in the in the electorate changes and some of this stuff, you know, outside it seems to me that around. Uh, social issues we made some progress mm-hmm. healthcare a little progress mm-hmm. uh you know education not so much mm-hmm. uh you know, race uh, not so much a little a little yeah. yeah uh but corporate occupation of the government and 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 corporate uh, apologists and and corporate malfeasance uh runs rampant still
1: and that seems to be the toughest one. And that's the toughest one. And that is what if if we are destroyed it'll be because of that because the democracy will no longer be about one person one vote. You and I and everybody else having an equal say in what's going on because we all know now that the corporations, the rich, the 1%, now the 0.1%, it's not the 1% anymore, it's the 0.1%. Um they call all the shots. They call all the shots with the money they have, they buy the laws, they buy the lawmakers and and if we don't get a handle on that uh that will that will be our our
0: doom what do you think it will take see what like i i know that when when occupy wall street happened that you were you know yeah you obviously in support of that and yeah. it's exciting and it might have made some
1: metaphorical difference i don't know that it oh it, it absolutely it changed the thinking it, yeah. it created the idea of the 99 yeah. percent don't have the power the 1 have the power that occupy wall street I mean Obama was was, talking took the language of Occupy Wall Street when he ran for in uh, in 2012 Mitt Romney lost in part because of that that tape that the bartender made of him talking about the 47% the takers Mm -hmm. that don't contribute anything Mm -hmm. I mean I mean I think that had an enormous impact on people far larger than the the movement itself wasn't necessarily meant to last but everybody that felt something about it I mean I saw a, a poll a couple weeks ago, they asked Democrats your view of capitalism, your view of socialism. Which one do you feel? Forty-six percent said they had a favorable view of socialism. These are just Democrats, mainstream mm-hmm. Democrats. Forty-six percent said they had a, a positive view of socialism. Thirty-seven percent said they had a positive view of capitalism. That's that's a transitional moment where that even mainstream regular people. Realize that the so-called capitalist system that is has been operating well, the, is not in their best. Well, interest. the one thing
0: I could never understood in having conversations about that when when I did have conversations about that was this idea of a free market and and things finding its level, you know, through privatization. This great you know vision of a free market and privatization will will provide the best possible education product, whatever it is what no one ever accounted for was fucking pathological greed that there's no way (laughs) there's no way a free market can work because of the fucking greed right if they're they're gonna undercut whatever they can undercut to save fucking money and make more money so i just know and once you
1: take the regulation out you're fucked and part of that is human nature too yeah i mean it's like we do need regulation of course we we are told we have to put clothes on when we leave the house yeah yeah you know good not to masturbate in public it's yes But
0: but but Michael, so let's talk about this. You you know, this uh, this you're more angry than ever. Yet you, you know you had a uh, you were conscious and you had an agenda in approaching this movie. Which I, I tend to think, like I, I'm <laughs> going to support my own intuition about it, was that you were dealing with people in other countries and and you were excited about it yes. and you were respectful right. about it. Yes. Uh, but I thought yeah, before we do that, real quick, I thought the one of the best messages of the movie was this was this uh, focus on the idea of human dignity mm. Mm. like that really fucking hit home for me for some reason just you know the montage where you were able to cover you know uh you know prisons and, and those treatments the treatment of women the treatment of just children in and, and the lack of education school
1: lunches that the,
0: the fundamental message of the movie was human dignity right
1: right did you yeah. feel that yeah oh my god every country we go to the fact that they that, I mean in they're feeding in, in France the lunch hour was that day we were there lamb skewers over couscous you know with a with a uh, some kind of uh, uh, shrimp stew mm. I mean stuff that kids would never see here but they think it's important it's their children they don't want to poison them you know or that they' the the in Finland uh, the, the the hour-long class is actually 45 minutes. And then after every class, there's 15 minutes of recess mm. every class yeah. because the principal says "There in the film. These kids have to play and they they got rid of homework. I mean, they essentially nobody has more than an hour of homework uh, in Finland uh, every night because they want the kids to be out there socializing learning growing and also
0: the pace of the education and the engagement with the teachers and the students must be significantly different uh, to, to sort of have that kind of you know confidence that they are still learning you yes. know without taking but that this
1: issue of human dignity yeah it's their children mm. the fact that if you put someone in prison you have a right you have a responsibility to treat them right the fact that Portugal hasn't arrested a single person for using drugs in 15 years not one drug arrest In this country, and they have the statistics to show that drug use has gone down, and crime, drug-related crime, has gone down. And that's with legal drugs. With yes, well, it's not legal; it's decriminalized. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Well, that was
0: also, you know, you were able to put that other thing into about, you know, the the, the sort of um, the. The, the maintenance of 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 institutionalized racism through control of the drug trade in urban communities like you, you were really able to to sort of, you know, wedge very aggressively and very poignant and disturbing bits of information into this narrative that is a lot more easy to take than usual from you. Yes, <laughs> Um <clears throat> Like you know, but, here we are in Norway, and then all you know, we're dealing with this prison system that is working right. and dignified. And then you know, all it takes is two cuts. I think to footage from American prisons, right. where you are like, holy shit! Right, and then the drug thing too, with the the Nixon and the the you know the the civil rights and and into the escalation of the prison industrial complex.
1: All I can say to because you you keep coming back to this question is maybe i like like all artists i try to do better each time and i try to be a better filmmaker and and i've had many people have said and they've written already about this film that this is my best film i i don't know if i would say that because i love all my children equally <laughs> mm-hmm. but um but there is a sense that this film is is revolutionary in that sense that it could reach a lot of people not on a political basis, but on a human level and that it could affect change uh, if we started to consider some of the things I'm offering and I'm offering them up in a kind and gentle way. I do. I do. But I'm doing that for a reason because I don't. What does it? What does it do? How does it get us anywhere? If I'm just if I'm just the old Mark Marin <laughs> All right. Good impression. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, but right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just. We haven't followed a similar path, but we are. Right. I mean, and I just. I mean, my dad died last year. And how old uh, was he? It was almost ninety three. Good run. Was, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Just died of old age and uh it was um you know and he was a great guy and how do you feel about you and your work oh he loved it he loved all of it yeah he was a again that old irish catholic democrat mm-hmm. kennedy roosevelt mm-hmm. and all that you know world war ii veteran was in all those horrible battles in the south pacific really as a marine in the first really? uh, marine division and was just survived it you know that that those first 30 minutes of saving private ryan where they come in in the amphibious uh he was uh, in that one he was in he was in all of those in the south pacific no oh. not on d-day yeah that was d-day yeah if you were in the south pacific that was every month i mean every one of those little islands they'd have to go in and they would get mowed down and everybody's dying around you and i don't know how the hell he and the others came out of that uh and he was such a good and gentle soul and uh that was the other thing you got in the movie at the beginning the (laughs) opening of the movie was we have not won a war we haven't won a war since my dad and the other dads won that one and because we really haven't let's just be honest korea was not a win uh-huh. the first the gulf war yeah. was well, saddam stayed in power yeah. you know he that how do you call that a win yeah. when hitler or whoever that was a, <laughs> that, that was a, i think a slap on the wrist yeah i mean it's just <laughs> the, none of these are outright wins since ww2 there's a weird like even when you talk about this
0: and i feel i feel, i remember feeling this when i was at air america i'm like Oh boy, there's going to be all kinds
1: of fucking, you know, backlash. You know, there's in there's going to be a, a backlash, a backwash. There's going to be hell to pay for this. Yeah, yeah. I know we don't want to think about it. I mean, seriously, you you and but I. But that's sh- enforced. Do, you know like like I, that's what I, I
0: that it like, is enforced because I keep trying to think about like who's going to get angry at listening to this right now, and why are they going to get angry? Right. I, that like where does that come from? Because like even in the film you pay respect to uh to service people yeah and you know you 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 you're empathetic to their plight yeah. and, and the job of that yeah. since it's not it's not really a national defense driven armed forces. Right. It's, a job it's a job that people Volunteer. choose. Yeah. And 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 yet someone's gonna hear you on here and go like,
1: oh how do how does he blame us? Uh because we invaded these countries and and we took out destabilized bad, them. We incredible. destabilized them. They were bad guys, yep. but they had their way of maintaining order, uh, not the way we would like to run it. But it's not our frigging country. Uh, so okay, so kill Saddam, uh, remove the Taliban, kill Gaddafi, and uh, look what we've got: more terrorists. More terrorists. This is hell to pay. For we didn't know what the hell we were doing, we didn't know what we were how we were mucking this up. For us to like who the hell do we think we are? We don't even we didn't even Bush didn't know the difference mm. between a Sunni and a Shiite. And we go in there like ignoramuses. We give up the lives of good people. Good people. We put our country so far in debt with that war. We were spending four billion a week at one point between Afghanistan and, and Iraq and you know i mean yes some people might listen to this and go you know oh he's anti-american really i think the people that put us in this shitty place are anti-american i think if you supported that war and if you supported going in there and destroying the infrastructure of that country it's made us less safe you've made me as an american less safe and i consider what you did against america and against the world Mm -hmm. so what now with this film the new one did we mention it's a comedy? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's always a little comedy in there.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole conceit is a comedy, but it's powerful. Now, your hope for it is that as many people as possible will see it.
1: Oh, absolutely, yes, that is my goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want as many people as possible to see it.
0: And when you, uh, what is your, what do you think is going to happen when you talked earlier about the, a, a revolution in in America? How do you think that that happened? What do you think happens? What's going to happen in your mind? What do you hope
1: to happen? Um, I hope that. Uh, students will start uh, debt strikes, stop paying the student loans. Cur- uh, former students and current students uh, need to protest on campus to get the college at an affordable level. Uh, we were three states short of passing the Equal Rights Amendment back in the 70s. We only need three more states to pass it. Uh, of the 15 remaining that haven't passed it. We just need three more. Illinois was one of the states that didn't pass it. We can get those three states. We can have an Equal Rights Amendment for women. Women should be paid the same as men. They're doing the same job. They should be paid the same. That's a basic thing. We, there's some really simple things. You get pregnant, there should be a maternity leave. Not, at, not a few weeks off, but a, literally a few months off, and you're paid. You get paid for this time. Um, I mean I think there's some things like that that can happen. I think that the people are ready to I look at all the I mean look at the states that are most of the states, not Ohio, but most of the states are decriminalizing or legalizing uh marijuana. They don't think people should be locked up for this. Obama started to let people out of the federal prisons. He's put his toe in the water on that. 6,000 got released in the past month. Uh hopefully he'll do more of that before he's out of office. Well, you did good with this movie, man, and
0: and I'm and I'm I'm glad you came by. It's been a long time since I
1: saw you. I know it has been a while. I'm I'm really happy uh, for you. I love your podcast. I love the fact that you're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> just being me, just being you, that guy. <laughs> just be, yeah, isn't that funny though? because because I mean I don't know you that well. Yeah, but essentially that is you.
0: So I think it's, it's a little
1: limited to a little a little more cranky. Well, yeah, it's not yeah, a documentary, yeah. right? 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 But but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's okay because you let your inner crank yeah. come out in a in a productive way I and it's so. entertaining. I, I you know I, I've gotten a lot of
0: uh, you know really amazing things have happened because of this. Because of, uh, you know, doing this thing in this garage and, and, but really like along the lines of what we were talking about, the the most gratifying thing about it is the feedback from people who are troubled mm. and, you know, mm. who ha- feel alone in the world or, or sad or have a drinking problem or, mm. you know, or, or whose depression I ease or, or who feel mm. less alone. I mean. You know the, and I get that stuff every day, and, and I never thought that would ever happen, and, and just you know just to to have that, to, to feel that you know people are like you know your conversations right. about whatever, right. because they're human and, and candid and, and explore struggle with all different types of people, uh, it really make it easier for me
1: to, to see my own issues and, and to function better in life. Well, that's a great way to put when I, when I listen to you and I see you, I think I think it's good, it's good for people to feel that they're not crazy. They see you, yeah, they hear you, <laughs> not crazy. I'm not crazy, yeah that's, <laughs> that's good. a good thing that is a Take good that thing that is a compliment, that it's, is a good thing, and I think i think in
0: in in, ter- in terms of what you're doing, I think it it's sort of a, a different approach to it, but you're enabling people who I think are crazy uh to see that they might be misguided.
1: <laughs> I hope so I think so what would wouldn't that be interesting if that happened as a result of this film? yeah, wow. Um,
0: just gotta get you. Just gotta get more people calling you an asshole on the street, and maybe give them the money to rent it on Netflix.
1: If I could talk to every Fox News watcher who feels that way about me one by one, yeah, I think I would have. I, there would be success with a number of them. I, I don't. They may not why agree you, with me. Why don't you make that movie? I'm just go. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> just go, just go door to door. Just go door to door in red states. Yeah, hey, red neighbor. What do you think of me?
0: Yeah, but why?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we talk for you got an hour, yeah. maybe, and then tomorrow I'll come back with a couple films. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, or I could yes, I could watch my films with them. Yeah, you know, see you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why did did, did you know that? Right, what I just said there. Yeah, see, I have a I'm I'm a I'm a gun owner. You know, you can still be a gun owner, it's
0: okay, you know. You, you know when the biggest problem is, Michael, is that you know, in a world of the internet where people can cherry pick the information that suits their ideology, they can easily say, like, that guy's making that up. <laughs> right. That's that's right. the biggest problem. It's like I've got my truth.
1: Yeah, I did a search for it. Right. Right. That and that that it's 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 hard. One thing I do to help them, and I've done this for my last three yeah. or four movies i I put up on my website when the movie comes out yeah. all the factual backup and i have a rule that it can't be factual backup from the nation <laughs> or right. other lefty magazines right so i put all, an annotated, annotated the every fact in the film here's the backup for it and it's from a nonpartisan, traditional mainstream source mm-hmm. and you can read this and see for yourself that they actually have a lower crime rate in norway because they don't lock people up forever. There's a point where you over uh incarcerate and you make your society less safe. Make monsters. You make monsters out of them, they come out of the we have an eighty percent recidivism rate in this country, they have a twenty percent recidivism rate in Norway. Just out of your own selfish self interest to live in a safe neighborhood, wouldn't you want to at least explore how they're doing that?
0: Yeah. And just and also that whole other thing that you kinda you went through pretty quickly was you know the prison industrial complex and and its manufacturing arm is 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 disturbing it's disturbing it needs its own
1: movie yeah uh, the, the number of companies that use prison labor slave labor to make their products
0: so, yeah it's heavy shit but like it's great to see you hey, thanks, hey thank you for coming
1: thank you for having me here mark it's been great uh, in this garage and and hopefully when we walk out the door, the Manson cult won't be there. <laughs> they're not here, in the Hollywood they're Hills. They're not. They're not here. I mean, I'm if, in the wrong hills, anyways, here, right? If if, they, if anyone comes to hurt us, they followed you here. <laughs> then, if this is Mark's last podcast, I just want to say to all his fans, I'm terribly sorry about this. <laughs> okay, I meant well. All right, bye. Good night. <laughs> See,
0: just a you know a guy trying to fucking help out. To make it a better place. That's what we all want. Just some of us have different ideas of how to do that. I'm going to play some fucking guitar.